privilege to have uh, Brother Frost and Sister Frost. She travels with them wherever he goes, and they've been going to a lot of places. And so uh, trying to figure out where he's going and what he's doing in a schedule is somewhat convoluted at times. And so the other night on the platform, I asked, when are you going to be home? He said, I'm going to be home on a Sunday night, not a Sunday morning. I said, well, then let's make sure and plan that you're preaching on a Sunday night. Amen. So here he is on the 27th of August, and he is our evangelist tonight. So grateful for him. Why don't we stand to our feet as Bishop comes to this pulpit to preach the Word of God. And somebody said, praise the Lord. I come to worship the Lord when I come to church. Music was never my thing. Uh, I love music, but uh, I just wasn't good at it. So now you're wondering whether I'm good at preaching. Huh? I was reminded at the scripture tonight of Baal, and the preacher went, for a long, long time, and uh, pastor was sitting over there hollering, Pharaoh, Manchester didn't pay him no attention, hollered again, Pharaoh, Manchester didn't pay no attention, finally he said it louder, Pharaoh, he turned around and said, what do you want? He said, let my people go. So I'm not going to hold you till you say, let my people go. But I do want to say, I haven't had a chance to say this from the pulpit. <clears throat> you can be seated for a minute. That's 60 seconds, and I'll try to hold you to it. I want to thank this church for all that they did for me and my family during our crisis this year. And uh, we certainly had a time that made us realize that it's awesome to live for God, to know the benefits, the blessings, to living for God, the support that God gives you during the time of crisis in your life. And so I want to personally thank you for all that you have done. And I might just add, even tonight, uh, for my birthday, Brother Terry used to say birthdays are killing him. I got in a fight the other day with Arthur. Went to the doctor, and uh, he said he left you with a bad case at TMB. I said, really? Arthritis does that to you? Oh, arthritis is pretty bad. And he left me with too many birthdays, the doctor said. TMB, too many birthdays. So I'm here today, 78 years old, too many birthdays. I don't know how long I'll live, but I hope I live long enough to see my grandkids marry and have grandkids of their own. 
Don't you want to live? Why are you laughing at my old age? <laughs> I want to live long enough to enjoy life. And, uh, and when I exit this world, I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. I want to be ready for it. Praise God. So it's good to be home tonight. And uh, we'll be gone for a few more weeks. And then uh, I can't even tell you all the place I'll be going in September and October. And then I'll be home for a while. But uh, God has been good to me. I've been able to be a blessing, I hope, to smaller churches. And uh, there's a need in our world for kindness, as was stated. And there's a need in our world for, for me. <laughs> and I want to be a blessing everywhere I go. And uh, I ask for your prayers. And uh, that God will guide us through it. I'm slowly unloading some things. I am on, I don't know how many church boards, and I don't know what all I'm supposed to be doing on all of those, but uh, if I can be a help and a blessing, and then to be able to come to church and worship God and uh, make it, it's going to be worth it all. going to be worth it all. I'm going to I'm going to live for God in spite of all the complexities of life, all the problems of life. I'm going to live for God. And every time I come to church, I'm going to worship God because that's what I come to church for. And I want God to help us be the church of this generation to a world that's looking for what you have. You're a blessed people. You're a blessed child of God. God has brought us a long, long ways. When I came to this church in 1949 as a boy, Eloise, is that how you say it? Eloise? Eloina, Eloina. I got the Holy Ghost in the Alano Club. I was baptized in Jesus' name in the building. Brother Terry built that building. This church started there. You came out of there. Awesome. 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 Praise God. Brother Dimian, will you come up here and take over? Good to see you slip in. You should be preaching tonight. I love that man. Love his spirit. He's an awesome guy. There's so much I could say about what he is, what he's been to Egypt, what he goes through to preach. I... Uh, I can't feel your shoes, and I can't be the man that you are. I don't know whether I could go to Egypt. I don't know whether I could do what you're doing, but I commend you and love you and highly honor you and respect you for what you do. And I want you to know you mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this church. We're standing with you. Praise God. 
Well, since he sat down, I guess he's not going to obey me and come up here and take over. So, But I just want you to know we love you. Had a good chance to sit down and fellowship with him for a while at the house. And I just want you to know we love you. To see you walk in kind of scares me because I don't have what you have. I just want you to know that. I have the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Ghost. But the calling that you have, I commend you highly for that. Praise God. Well, I have not uh, been, I have not had to look for a place to preach. And some former pastors, I've listened to them wish they had a place to preach. So I'm very humbled and very honored to see what God is doing in my life and thank God for it. And I thank God for a wife that will travel with me. Pray for her. She, uh, she has to put up with my driving. But, you know, it gives me a little comfort about my wife worried about my driving. She worries about pilots and airplanes, too. She'll grab my hand sometimes. And it's not a romantic thing. It's a fearful thing <laughs> when this plane gets to shaking. But I thank God for a wife that loves me, puts up with me. And every once in a while, she gets to hear some good preaching. You remember her birthday, she got up. So we're going to Summit this year, and she gets to hear some good preaching. <laughs> Praise God. Is everybody happy? Hallelujah. I'm happy to be here and feel the presence of the Lord means so, so very much to me. The teacher got up and was talking against God and said, Johnny, can you see God? He said, well, no. Then I want you to go outside and I want you to see a tree. Come back and tell me if you saw a tree. He came back and he said, I saw a tree. She said, did you see God? He said, well, no, I saw the tree. He said, I want you to go back outside there and I want you to look at the building. Can you see the building? He came back and said, yeah, I see the building. He said, did you see God? He said, no. She said, therefore, because you didn't see him, I'm telling you, there is no God. The little girl raised her hand in the back and said, teacher, could I ask Johnny a question? She said, sure. So she asked Johnny, said, Johnny, do you see the teacher? He said, oh, yeah, I see the teacher. Said, do you see her brain? Said, no. He said, by what the teacher's saying, she don't have a brain because you can't see it. We don't have to see God to know that he moves. You don't, have to, you don't have to go find God somewhere. He is as close as your worship and as close as you are to lifting your hand, as David said, I lift my hand and let it be the evening sacrifice. There's so many people hiding behind religion, and I want to pray, preach to you tonight from the book of Isaiah, chapter 28 and verse number 15. 
it reads like this. Because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. I want to preach to you tonight on a false refuge. A false refuge. Would you ask the Lord to help us tonight? Savior, we love you and thank you for your goodness. We love you for your kindness. We love you for your spirit. We love you for your, your, your blood. We love you for your word. We love you for all that you are. We love you for your burden and the strength that you have given to us even today upon our lives. And now we ask you to bless the word to the hearts of those that are here. And we ask it in the wonderful name of the Lord. And somebody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I had a young man working for me years ago. One day he didn't come to work. I went to his house and found him. He had committed suicide and left this note and only a partial of the reading I give to you. He summed up his note and said, whether it is passion or despair, I know not where, tell hell I'm coming there. It shook me when I read that. Haven't forgot it through the years. What I did not know was that he had retreated into a cave of dark despair. I didn't know all that went through his life and mind. I didn't pay attention to what was going on other than work. But when he left that note, it shocked me that there are people in our world that hide behind things that you never know what's behind the facade of life. He sought refuge in death. I've come to preach tonight and to chase the very soul of man out of every false refuge. Too many people today hide behind things and never become real with life. Elijah, Elijah had found himself in the middle of a country that had wrapped themselves up with the majority false doctrines. 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of the groves, 850 prophets to one, he thought. Israel had sought refuge in the multitudes. The good thing about the American Constitution, it does respond to the minority. It has checks and balances that respond to the minority. It's not always in the majority. Sometimes we get fooled by the majority and don't realize it's the minority that really has what it takes 
In the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord told Israel, he said, Israel, thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all that are upon the face of the earth, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. If I could just help somebody realize today, we are a minority in the religious world. There are other bodies of people that have greater numbers than we do. There are believers of certain denominational traits to, that don't feel like they can go to anything else because they're the biggest. That doesn't mean anything to God. What means something to God is what you really are in your heart, your life, your mind, and your soul. Elijah had just destroyed the enemies of Israel. He went to their meeting somewhere and said to them, all right, folks, let's pray to God and ask God to answer by fire. And the God that answers by fire, that's the God that we're going to serve. Called them all together. I don't know how he got 850 so-called prophets together to think about the one thing or not, but he got them together and they built an altar. They put their sacrifice on it. They began to cry to Baal, expecting Baal, who was not a god, an image, a lifeless image, an imaginary thing to respond. Can I just say to somebody tonight, this is not an imaginary thing you're dealing with. This is reality. This is where God really dwells in people. When you receive the Holy Ghost, God dwells in you. It's not a part of your imagination. It's a reality. How many of you really enjoy the Holy Ghost? Don't let anything take you away from the power of God. Don't let anything take you away from the worship of the one true God. I don't care what the multitudes do. I don't care what our world does. I'm going to serve God. How about you? I said, how about you? It doesn't hurt to worship God in a sanctuary. In fact, it's good to worship God everywhere you are. For God has saved you out of a world of multitudes of people. And he took you out of a refuge that was a false refuge and brought you into true reality and true hope and true direction and gave you a life worth living. You ought to shout with me. He said, I didn't talk to you, Israel, because you were the most. I talked to you because you were the fewest. I don't care what the world does. It's time for the church to shine bright. It's time for the bride of the Christ to shine bright in our world. And, hey, there's only one bride, but there's a whole bunch of people that attends. We're the bride of Christ. We belong to Jesus, church. We don't belong to a world system. We don't belong to a denominal world. We belong to Jesus Christ, the multitude.
the multitude of prophets was there, 850 of them. And they stood there. They cried. They threw themselves on the altar. They cut themselves. They screamed. They hollered. Elijah got in the screaming match and said, why don't you scream a little louder? Maybe he's gone on vacation. Maybe you don't know what you're trying to do. Try a little harder. Finally, it came time for the evening sacrifice, and Elijah said, step aside, folks. This one prophet's going to step into this situation. They had hid behind the refuge of false religion so long they believed if they could cut themselves, they could touch God. And he said to them, it's time for the evening sacrifice. He said, bring me some stones. And he put some stones around it. He said, bring me some water. And they brought him some water. And he said, bring me some more water. And they brought some more water. And he said, bring me some more water. About 12 buckets full of water. They poured around the sacrifice. And he prayed a simple little prayer that the God that would answer by fire would show these false prophets who was God. And God came down and licked up the sacrifice. And there was a great victory that day. One of the greatest victories of the Bible, really, when you really look at it and understand what was going on, it was a, it was a, it was a battle of the multitude against the one true God. 850 false prophets to one prophet, one true prophet. And that was a great victory. But Jezebel did something that day. She was the spokesman that shouldn't have been a spokesman. But she said to him, I'm telling you this day, before the sun goes down, I'm going to do to you what you did to those 850 prophets. He had taken them down to the river. He had slew 850 prophets. She said, I'm going to do the same thing to you. What did Elijah do? He ran after the greatest victory. This is where I want to preach to somebody today. may not be for everybody, but it may be for a few. When you have your greatest victory, the enemy is going to threaten you, challenge you. He's going to try to drive you away, and you just had one of your greatest victories. Elijah ran. The Lord asked him, what are you doing here? He said, I've been so jealous for you, God, for the children of Israel. They forsook your covenant. They've thrown down your altars. You've slain. They slew your prophets with a sword. They all followed the multitudes. I, even I, am the only one here. They seek my life to take it away. Let me just interject this at this point. When you feel like you're all alone, you need to wake up and see there's a whole lot of people living for Jesus today. Look around. There's a whole lot of people living for God today. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what our world's going to come to. I don't have faith in our government like we should. We don't have patriotism like we should. We don't have religion in our world like we should. Our churches are falling apart. The denominal churches are falling apart. They're not going back to church like they should. The only true church, the apostolic church, is still thriving in the Holy Ghost. And this has to happen for the Lord to come back. I'm telling you. I, even I, am the only one left. I, I'm, I'm, just, here, I'm just having a little pity party 
and I, I'm here all alone, and, and I, I was so zealous for you, and nothing happened, and nothing was going on, and, and, uh, and then I, I, I slew 850 prophets, and they're seeking my life. I'm the only one left. God told him, he said, I want you to go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by him. And there was a great strong wind that rent the mountains, breaking pieces of the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. Boisterous winds of worldliness and winds of doctrine will never save you. The preaching of God's word is what will save you. It's not in singing. It's not in clapping. It's not in running. And all of that is well deserved in its right place. It comes from the preaching of the word of God. I'm so glad to tell you that I obey the gospel that's written in the Bible and stand strong today. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to thank God you have a revelation of who Jesus Christ really is. The boisterous winds of worldliness will never get a church on fire. The boisterous winds of false doctrine will never set a church on fire. But true apostolic preaching will set a church on fire and set a soul on fire. And I come today to preach that soul out of a false refuge tonight. And after the wind, an earthquake shook the place. When everything's shaking around you, Everything seems to be falling apart. You don't know which way to turn, where to go. I'm telling you, live for Jesus. He said it wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. Now, I could preach on this for just a little while, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach in a minute, but this is just kind of a foundation for it. He said the Lord was not in the fire. There's a lot of Hot ideas, what's hot on the market, what's hot in fashion, what's hot in the world, what's the hottest thing going? It's not in the hottest thing going. Jesus said, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The true fire is where it's at, the true fire. And after that, a small, still voice. And this is where I want to begin to preach to you. This is where it's at. When you can listen to God yourself, when you can get to a place where you can understand what God wants from you in a still, small voice. And it was so, the Bible said, that Elijah heard it. And he wrapped his face, wrapped his face in a mantle, went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him, the Bible says, and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing in a cave? You just had the greatest victory of your ministry. You just destroyed more false prophets and false doctrines of your entire ministry and prophet's life. What are you doing here? And he repeated himself again. I've been very jealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken their God, forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, slain your prophets with a sword, and I, I only am left. I'm the only one left. They seek my life to take it away. In self-pity, he hid in a cave. If I could preach to somebody today, it's time for you, somebody, whoever you are, 
hiding behind a false refuge of false hope, false doctrine, false religion, false, false worldliness, false living, all that you could do in a world of confusion. I want you to come out of that cave tonight and say, I've decided I'm going to live for Jesus. I've listened to a small, still voice. Hallelujah. You can, you can have the boisterous winds all you want. You can have the loud confusion of our world all you want. But God speaks in a small, still voice. Every once in a while, you just need to stop and listen to the Lord. Amen. And the Lord told him, go, return to Damascus. I want you to anoint Haziel, king of Syria, and Jehu, king over Israel. This is where I'd like to preach to somebody. It's time for you to anoint King Jesus in your life. Yeah. You've had some victories. I wonder if anybody's had a victory tonight that you could even just raise your hand and say, you know what, I've had some great victories in living for God. And what did the enemy do? The enemy came up like a flood and tried to destroy you. Have you ever felt the enemy come in like a flood? Have you ever felt the enemy come in and try to destroy you after you've had a great victory? Let me just preach to you. The scripture, the scripture said, and the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. It's time for you to let the Spirit of the Lord raise up a standard against it. Come on. Now, I'm going to preach to somebody tonight. You've hidden long enough in a cave of despair, self-pity, and confusion. Why don't you come on out of that cave and let God speak to your heart tonight. You've hid behind false religion long enough. You've been baptized in titles. You've served the false God long enough. Let's say, hey, come on out of that cave and let God speak to your heart. Come out of the cave of defeat and anoint Jesus, king of your life. You can't revert to the cave of self-pity. Some of the greatest victories are yet ahead of you. I've come to preach to you today is the day of salvation. An accepted time is now. I want Brother Brock to read me Psalms 57 and 1. While he's getting that, this is the chief musician of David when he was fleeing from Saul. He was running from Saul. He could have hid, he, he could have hid behind a false refuge of false hope, but he's running. Listen to what he says. Be, I Be merciful unto me. Be oh merciful God. unto me, O oh God. Be merciful unto me. Be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth in thee. My soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings. Oh, listen to this. In the shadow of thy wings. Will I make my refuge. I will make my refuge. Somebody needs to get under the wings of the Lord today. And rec I will hide in the shadow of thy wings and I'll make my refuge there until when? Until these calamities be overpassed. Until all of these calamities are overpassed. Don't, don't give up in the midst of your struggle. Don't throw in the towel in the midst of your, your, your struggle in life. Say, hey, I've made up my mind. I'm living for Jesus. I don't know why you all don't understand today that there's a God that's bigger than your past. There's a God that's bigger than your problems. There's a God that's bigger than your sorrows. There's a God that's bigger than your temptation. There's a God that's bigger than your failures. There's a God that's bigger than your temptation. There's a God that's bigger than life. There's a God that's bigger than false religion. Hey, church, let's come out of false religion and let's stand for truth. What do you say? Hey, some of the greatest victories for the church overall is still ahead of us. 
Hey, what do you say we worship until the calamities are over? Verse number two. I will cry unto God most high. I will cry unto God most high. Unto God that performeth all things for me. Unto who? Unto God that performeth all things for me. Now, did you get here by yourself? Did you, get, did you have your sins washed away because you took a bath? Did water wash it away? You know, water is a symbol of death. False religion don't even want to use the symbol of death. They don't want to use water. They don't even want to baptize anymore. Certainly don't want to use the name of Jesus. That's where the authority is. But you remember when you were baptized in Jesus' name? Do you remember when you were baptized in Jesus' name? Something happened that gave you victory, and you rose against the sorrows of life, and God gave you victory. You need to be on your feet. Not, not, not right now. I'm preaching right now. But you need to be on your feet everywhere you go talking about who Jesus is. If they can talk about transgenderism and they can talk about the failures of, of government and they talk about the failure. What's wrong with us talking about Jesus? Hey, we've had some great victories in this church. Uh, you've had some great victories. Some of you have had some great victories. Uh, why are you going back to the cave and hiding behind a false refuge? Uh, why don't you come on out and listen to the voice of God that's going to tell you, teach you, talk to you, tell you what to do and where to go and how to be saved and how to overcome it all. We're overcomers. It seems like we are driven to places of refuge during calamities. But we can do better than that. Read on. He shall send from heaven. He shall send from heaven. And save me from the reproach save of him. Me. He's going to come down from heaven and save me. Now, I'm having trouble. Just a brand new suit. It's my birthday suit. Hey, you are awake. Thank you, Kendra. Appreciate all you do. He said he will come down from heaven. I remember so many times when I was just a teenager getting my bearings in life, getting my foundations in life and understanding God came down in such a powerful way. I cannot go into detail tonight and I try not to for sake of time. I'll be, try to be brief, but I've been through some things that if I had not had some victories when I was a child, I would not have made it this far in life. I've been through some things that I can't even tell my kids some of the things that I've been through. I've had some sorrows in life that, that if I would not have had some victories in my life, I may have never made it. One thing I did not do, I never quit church. I never quit church. I want to preach to somebody. Till these calamities are over, you need to pray for heaven to come down.
You need to say, God, I need heaven to come down. We need heaven right now in this place. We need heaven to come down. Save us from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Is that what he said? Save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. You need to start praying, God, I'm going to stand for you and let the world go by like the old song said. Nothing's going to keep me from living for you. I may not be in this building every time. I may not be in this church all the time, but I'm going to live for you all of my life. I'm going to live for you with everything that's in me. It seems like we are driven to places of refuge during calamity. Why don't you run to Jesus? Listen to the voice of God. Where is your refuge in the sorrows of life? Where is your refuge in the troubles of life? One translation said, For in you my soul shall take refuge. I will cry to the Most High God who fulfills his purpose in my life. While your soul takes refuge, he promised to restore your soul. The psalmist David said, he restoreth my soul. Isaiah, 30th chapter, the 18th verse. Follow me quick. Ah, and therefore. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. That he may be gracious unto you. Has God ever been gracious to you? I feel so good in the Holy Ghost right now. I don't care if you walk in or walk out. I feel like God wants to talk to somebody tonight and let you know that wherever you're trying to hide, I'm going to find you. I'm going to be gracious to where you are. Read on. And therefore will and he therefore, be exalted. Therefore will he be exalted. That he may have mercy upon you. That he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Blessed are they that wait for him. Now, that restaurant, I don't know about that restaurant, Pastor. He was talking about those waiters all have dementia. But we don't have dementia tonight. Now, I wonder if you could wait on the Lord. Not, not, not wait on him for him to do something, but wait with him and wait for him and wait on him and give him something back. Have you had a victory lately? Why do we sit back and not rejoice in our victory? Why do we re regress back into the cave of despair? Why do we re regress back into the sorrows of life? Why do we go back to the old paths? Uh, why do we fail God? Talking to Brother Fields before service. I don't know much about the brain. I really don't, but the brain has to be fed. And I wonder sometimes why we cannot touch more mental illnesses in the Holy Ghost. Somehow we got to help people realize when you start feeding your brain victory, you forget about the defeats. Forget about the defeats and the sorrows of life. It's too many people retreat back into a refuge that hides them from things. Read on. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. <laughs> Thou shalt weep no more. Read that one more time. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou the shalt weep no more. people will dwell no in more. Bakersfield, First Pentecostal Church. Hey. 
you know, the devil can run me off, but you're not going to run me off. <laughs> the devil can run me down the road, but I'm coming back. Here's what we got to realize. The people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. They shall weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. And read now. When he shall hear it, he will answer God thee. God hears your cry. What will he do? He will answer thee. He will answer you. If I could preach to somebody tonight for a few more minutes, uh, if you just open up your lips and begin to cry out to God, no matter where you are in your little cave of despair, you may be telling hell I'm coming there, but I want you to know right now heaven can come down to this place uh, and you can feel the very presence of God and cry out to him and he will hear your cry. Read on, verse 20. Pick it up at verse 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity. And the water and of the affliction. the waters of affliction. Yet shall not thy teachers be removed your into teachers will a not be corner removed. anymore. Read on. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And thine ears shall hear a word and behind thee. And your ears thee. are going to hear something. I want you to know, are you listening right now to the voice of God in your ear? Are you listening to the voice of God? Listen to what he says. Saying, this is the way. This is the way. Walk ye in walk it. Walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand. When ye turn to the right hand. And when ye turn to the left. When ye turn to the left. Ye shall defile also covering of thy graven images of <laughs> silver. Stop where you are. Here we are. And I'm going to try to close tonight with these thoughts. It means turning from your false refuge. It means turning from your old self-reliant ways of the past. Trying to solve it your own way. Escaping from life's problems. Uh, I'm preaching today. I want to pre- chase every soul out of every false refuge. Uh, I'm tired of depression driving people. I'm tired of sorrows driving people away from God. I'm tired of guilt driving people away from God. I'm tired of temptation driving people to God. I'm tired of the world trying to tell you that it's not worth living for Jesus. Uh, I'm tired of failures in people's lives. It's time for you to get up uh, and get out the side of your ha- cave uh, of despair and trouble and false refuge and listen to the voice of God. Instead, cry out to God. Pour your heart out to God. Confess your wrongs, your shortcomings, your sinful responses. Confess to God and let God heal your heart. Listen to what Psalmist David said in the 142nd Psalms. He said, I looked on my right hand and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. What are you hiding from? He said, no man cares for my soul. I cried unto the Lord and I said, thou art my refuge, my portion in the land of living. There's an old song that said, I run to the rock of my salvation. Come on, confront your fears. Confront your fears. Confront your concerns. He already knows. Cry out for mercy. God is unchanging. Revisit truth. False refuge makes us feel unloved, betrayed by others, feeling out of control, whatever. Nothing is too difficult for God. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Come on out of your cave. Step out of your false refuge. Psalmist David said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. 
The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death can pass me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell can pass me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even unto his ears. Oh, somewhere today, there's somebody in this congregation that is hid behind the cave of despair and confusion. Somewhere in this service tonight, somebody is hid behind a false refuge. Somewhere you have to come out of the cave just like Elijah, running for his life, came out of the cave to listen to a small, still voice. I wonder if somebody would be willing to step out of from where they are and step into the old aisle and down to an old well where you could be like Paul in Romans chapter 7, say, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Christ Jesus my Lord. So then with my mind I serve the law of God, but with my flesh the law of sin. You're, you're hiding behind something. You're hiding behind a false refuge. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. You know, Adam and Eve was in the garden. God bless you, young man. Adam and Eve was in the garden in a slithering, sly devil, Satan. God stripped him of his arms, stripped him of his legs, cursed him to lay on his belly eat dust of the earth. If this doesn't make you rejoice, let me just remind you. He stripped him of his arms. He's disarmed. He stripped him of his feet. He's defeated. Satan is disarmed and defeated. Come on out. Lift your hands and start worshiping the Lord. Give it all to him. Is there only one in this building that can walk out of your cave of despair? Is there only one that can walk out of your, ca your cave of guilt and sorrows? Is there only one that would seek the true refuge for your soul? Cast out blind servitude. Find biblical answers and solutions. Cast out selfishness. God's more important. Hold off on the music for a little bit. I want to hear the cries of God's people. I want to hear the worship of God's people. I want God to hear the cry of His people. We're coming out of the world. We're coming out of confusion. We're coming out of failure. We're coming out of guilt and sorrows and trouble. We're coming. Come on, church. Uh, let heaven hear your cry. Let heaven hear your cry. 
Oh, that sounds so beautiful. Nothing can drown the doubt. Nothing can drown the doubt. Nothing can drown the doubt. Oh, yes. Nothing can drown the doubt. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the cave. I'm getting rid of the junk of my life. I'm getting rid of the sorrows of life. I'm standing for truth. <laughs> hey, heaven's rejoicing right now. Heaven's rejoicing to hear the cry of his children. Heaven's hearing the cries of his children. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've hid behind it too long. I've hid behind it too long. I want to hear the small, still voice of the Lord saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Oh, hallelujah. Knock down the ceiling of defeat. Knock down the walls of despair. Come out of the cave of guilt and sorrows and troubles of yesterday. As long as you stay in the church, Satan has no power over you. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. He is my refuge, my fortress, the God whom I will trust in. Oh, yeah. This is true worship right now. This is real worship right now. This is worship beyond anything the world can supply. This is praying beyond what the world can give. Oh yeah, the Lord's hearing the cry of somebody right now. The Lord's hearing the cry of a desperate soul. I'm tired of all the things the world offers. I'm going to live for you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Come on, church. Come on, church. Oh, yes. Outcry the devil. Outcry the demons. Outcry the spirits of the world. Outworship the troubles of yesterday. Out worship all the things that happened to you yesterday. Get your head up. Start living for Jesus like you've never lived for Jesus. Heaven's coming down right now. Oh, yes. I can see despair slipping away from your eyes. I can see sorrows slipping away from your mind. 
I can see you rising above your yesterdays. Eyes of faith right now is helping me see you. Come out of the cave and listen to a small, still voice of the Lord saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. This is the way. Walk ye in it. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Defender behind me. Oh yes. Let the Holy Ghost work. 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 Let the presence of God do His work. That's right, cry loud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.
Hallelujah went on all over the sanctuary. We lift up our hands together. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and praise you and thank you. Come before you tonight knowing that you're a God that responds to us and your word brings direction and strength and anointing to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you're connected to Isabella in any way, shape, or form, you're welcome to come to the platform. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. They are coming. Hallelujah. We are so very, very grateful and thankful. I don't know how many young people this summer have received the Holy Ghost and have been baptized, but it has been 11. 11, 12, 12. So we need to thank God for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. It started with junior camp and it's carried through the summer. And uh, what better way to go back to school, right? Full of holiness. We're thankful. 